Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the Horsham Church of Christ. For more information, please visit our website at www.horsham.org.au. Well, do you ever wish that you were more like someone else? Have a think. Maybe when you were a kid or even maybe now, you look at someone else and you go, I can't be more like them. Well, when I was a kid, I had little sister syndrome. I'm sure some of you can, uh, can relate to this story that I'm about to tell. So my sister is three and a half years older than me. And uh, she's not in Horsham, so that's good. <laughs> um, no, it's okay. It's all good. We've got a good relationship. She was academically smarter than me and she would get a scholarship and I wouldn't and, you know, that kind of stuff. I was very, very pleased that she did, but I always wondered, well, why can't I do that? Uh, Why don't I get those things? She would go to youth group and she would pray the most amazing prayer and I'd be like, why can't I do that? I want to be like my sister. Now, for some of you, this might uh, be hitting very close to home. Um, Others, you might have your own story about how sometimes, or maybe quite a lot of the time, we want to be like other people. Why is that? Why is that? There's two things I've learned over the years. First of all, my sister isn't perfect, (laughs) so maybe it's not a good idea to try and be like her. Second of all, I'm different for a reason. I'm different for a reason. I wasn't ever meant to be my sister. I'm meant to be who I am. So, we like to put labels on things, don't we? And they can be quite helpful. So, let's have a look and see, as a society, what kind of labels do we have that we can use in order to work out a little bit more about who we are? So, you may have heard of the DISC labelling that has dominant, influence, steadiness, competency. There's a few different ways you can say the the different letters. But you may identify with one of those four or maybe two of those as to who you are. Or maybe you're more familiar with the Myers-Briggs where you have the um, all different categories. Uh, It it might be a, I've got to remember what I am, ENTP or a... INFJ or uh, one of those uh, one of those types of things. Um, these things can help us um, to work out more about how we respond internally, and then also how we interrelate with others um, externally as well. And there's a lot of others, a lot of other labelings, and we'll talk about that a little bit more. So, is there a perfect Christian? Is there a perfect Christian personality? I talked before, the ENTP, INFJ. Is one of those combinations the perfect one? Is that what we're all meant to be striving for? Or when we become a Christian, should we be altering our personalities? Is that what we're meant to do? Why do we have so many different personalities? Why? Why? So you might have gathered, we're talking about personalities today. (laughs) And this is the P in shape. 
as we delve into the shape series. So let's get into the Bible, shall we? So if you've brought your Bibles along, you can open to Luke 10, 38, 42. If you've got your version app, get on, on your technology and get that open. And let's read through this passage together. Well, I'll read it for you. As Jesus and, and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman, a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you were worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Okay, now we're going to focus on Martha this morning. Um, you may have heard teaching on this passage in many different ways. I certainly have. Um, so just want to have a look at it from a, a bit of a different perspective today. So is Mary the ideal Christian? She was, she was the one at Jesus' feet. Wasn't Jesus telling Martha off to be more like Mary? Well... Let me, let me give to you another way that it can be looked at. Um, I certainly heard growing up, you're a bit of a Martha. Now, I'm not saying anyone actually said that to me, but that's how I felt it being said. You're a bit of a Martha because guess what? I'm a busy person. Guess what? I like to do lots of things and I get satisfaction from doing things. But... That's not necessarily a bad thing. And, of course, I saw my sister as Mary. Always fun growing up with different personalities in the house. So have you ever felt that you should be more energised or more detailed or more of a comforter or more, more, more or less, less, less? So let's actually have a look at Martha and the things that we know of Martha from, from the Bible, things that we can learn. So Martha, she was listed in the Bible as the head, the head of the household. Now, that in itself is a little bit strange because she, had, she was uh, the sister of Lazarus and Mary, but Martha was the one, so she must have been the oldest but isn't it interesting that she is the one that's the head and that they all live together? Now, that's, that's odd, actually, <laughs> at, in for them at that time to have two sisters and a brother all living in one house together. So she wasn't married. We don't exactly know why. Um, she was, the, I think, she was the daughter of a leper, Simon. So was there something there? Uh, why, you know, lots of questions. I don't have them all for you. I'm just posing some questions. But in all of that, Jesus sought out her household as the place to go to receive nurturing, hospitality, friendship, companionship, 
rest and respite. Jesus went there. And you know, it wasn't just Jesus. He took all of his disciples and I'm sure there were many others that were there too. And they all parked themselves in Martha's house. So, can you imagine that? Oh, hi. (laughs) Got a few visitors. Okay. And you can see Martha going, okay, have I got enough in the pantry? What am I going to oh, get out? And oh, which, which uh, animal do we have to go and kill? Or whatever it might be, her mind would have been going preparation, preparation, preparation. There would have been so many things that were really important that happened. And Jesus deliberately went to her house and has been there numerous times before. They were friends. Martha and Jesus were good friends. And for this all to happen in Martha's household, I said before about that she was unmarried and most likely the daughter of the leper, but she was highly respected because they wouldn't have all gone there time and time again and she wouldn't have had a big house that would be able to cater for it and have that much food if she wasn't respected in the community. So she's in charge. She's in charge of that household. And she blesses her community in that way. You know, the timing of when Jesus shows up here, it's just before Passover, just before his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. So he's going there not just to be blessed by the food. and the, There's more to it at this time. And he knows that in that household that Martha's in charge of, he will receive something important. And he also gives, but he was receiving something important. Now, that's, that's all the, the good side, I suppose. Um, but Martha is a reminder to us that no matter how much we've got to do and how much we're in charge, we're actually not. <laughs> that Jesus is in charge. That we need to submit to God's authority with a humble, serving heart. So, yes, it was right for Jesus to take her aside and to say, Martha, remember, abide in me first. Martha had got a little bit too caught up in the doing. He's not being told by... Jesus doesn't tell her to stop being hospitable. Jesus doesn't say, actually... We're not going to eat anything today. We're, we're not going to sit here and have, you know, drinks and whatever else. No, no, no. He doesn't say that. He says, Martha, start with me. Abide in me. And out of that is all that Martha can be. So we just need to put Jesus first. (laughs) It's actually quite simple, really. We just need to put Jesus first. It's incredibly encouraging, and I hope you're encouraged too, that God doesn't expect us to be anybody else. In fact, he doesn't want us to be anybody else. There is no ideal Christian personality type. (laughs) There's none whatsoever. He's put within each of us 
a unique mix of heart, abilities, personality that is present in us and is shaped forever, (laughs) forever. And as we come to understand more and more about the distinctiveness, characteristics that we have been given, then we gain a vital insight into more and more where God's asking us to step into. He has equipped each of us to do what nobody else can do because there is nobody else just quite like you. And even if you're a twin, you're still completely unique. Just ask Kasimoki, I'm sure they'll <laughs> twins are very unique. There is nobody the same. You are a valuable original created by God on purpose for a purpose. You are a valuable original created by God on purpose for a purpose. Now, two weeks ago, we had Glenda speaking about heart within the shape word. We had heart. And she spoke about David as an example of heart, that he has had opened his heart to God and he was waiting for God's timing before making a move. And she spoke about how we need to give God our hurts and our passions and release them to God. Put God first for our passions and our heart. Last week, we had Josh speaking for our Shape series on abilities, on the A. And he spoke about the story of feeding the 5,000 and how they all went into practical mode of what to do and how to do it. And he, Jesus said, hang on, guys. I am the bread of life. Christ first. Then everything else comes. Christ first. So this week, looking at personality, we're hearing that we are all made differently on purpose and that we need to start with our eyes on Christ spending time with him and then living out of that place in exactly the way that God has made you to be to live how you are. Now yesterday we had the elders and ministry team get together and it was quite amazing how much of this we, uh, we got to chat about. One of the things we did is we got to stand out in the foyer, whether we're introvert, extrovert, whether we're self-disciplined or it'll be right kind of uh, end. And then where do we all stand? And there was such diversity. And I'm sure if we did that as a whole group here, we would have every little part of that square covered because we're made different on purpose for a purpose. We can't all be the same. It just doesn't work. (laughs) So I'm always learning more and more about who I am and how God is shaping me and the purpose that he has for me. So as I've mentioned, I'm an extrovert and I love being with people. But I'm learning, slowly, 
that if I'm in a meeting, it's easy for me to talk. <laughs> it's easy for me to, oh, I've got this idea, and oh, what about that? And it's not necessarily always right. It could be, but there's other times where I need to not say a word. <laughs> and if you're an extrovert, you know that maybe you kind of have to sit on your hands or <laughs> so that you're not going to fly off and say something and do something. It's important that sometimes you do. And it's just as important for introverts to speak up, even at times when they don't feel quite comfortable for that. And as you delve into more of who you are and understand who other people are, you can alter things a bit. Now, you're not altering your personality. That's still there and that's great. But we can learn to adapt to get the best out of yourself and get the best out of everybody else around you. So you might use the, the tools of uh, the DISC or the Myers-Briggs and you might do that as a group so that then you know, uh, you may have done this at work, you, you know how you operate and then you know how other people operate and then you know, well, we need to alter a little bit so that we can work together even better. So he was good with money and all that sort of stuff until he wasn't <laughs> and he ended up betraying Jesus. You know, the Bible uses many images and Paul actually used his favourite one. I didn't write how many times. It was a lot of times and that was the body. That Christ is the head of the body and the church is the body. We're going to have a look at a passage that we have had a look at before and it's because it's so good. So we're looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 to 20. 1 Corinthians 12, 12 to 20. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all of its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we are all baptised by one spirit, so as to form one body. Whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, we are all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. So, we are all part of the body. The body is connected to the head, and there's other passages that talk about that, uh, like uh, Colossians 1.18, that Jesus is the head. So, just as a little side thing, we, as the body, need to be connected to the head. There again, abiding, Jesus first, head, Heads are a bit important to the body. 
hope you'd agree. And also the body. We need to be connected to the body. That's, the, that's how Jesus, that's, that's how we are made. We're made for community. We're made for connection. And we're made differently to be different things. So I can't be my sister because she might be a hand and I might be a foot. We've got different roles. We're different people. And you can't be that person that you've always thought, oh, just if only I could sing like that person or if only I could make a cake like that person or a meal that I could give them. If only I could go up and talk to someone else like that person can or if only I could pray like that person. It's not. You've got to stop it. We can't, be, we can't be comparing ourselves to, to other people because God has made you as you are, as you are. Now, it doesn't mean we don't work on things about ourselves. Don't hear that. Yes, yes, we definitely need to work on aspects of ourselves. But you are as you are because you are valuable and you were made by God on purpose for a purpose. If we didn't have a Martha type, there probably wouldn't be too many activities organised. There probably wouldn't be um, incredible morning teas or this building even built. So Marthas are important. Whether you're male or female, doesn't matter. Marthas are important. On the other hand, imagine if we didn't have people just dwelling deeply in God, in the Word, being able to bring things to us as, as a church body, being able to cover us with prayer, being able to intercede for us. I know there's some that get woken up in the middle of the night and feel God saying, pray for that person right now. Now, God doesn't do that to me and that's okay. I'm okay with that because there's other ways that God is using me that's that person's role within the body and you've all got different things different ways and different reasons why you are you so we need to consider our strengths we need to consider our weaknesses but in all of that it's god first god first abiding in him it's for him, it's giving glory to him in our strengths and our weaknesses. Starting at God's feet, learning from him, talking to him, asking questions and then accepting who we're made just as we are, not trying to be anyone else and stepping in to what it is that God's got for us. Now, we can't wait until we've got it all worked out, okay? You can't think... Well, I just don't know. I don't really know what I'm meant to be doing. I don't really know what are my amazing strengths. I know Linda's telling me that we're all great and we've got different things. I've got no idea. I can't see it in myself. There's things you can do right now. Let me give you a few. I'm sure at home you've all cleaned a toilet. Have you? Yes? Yes. Does that take a particular personality type? No. Uh, everybody can clean toilets. Okay? Now, I'm sure that you can all talk, yes? Now, you might not be able to talk to a big group of people, but I bet you 
all of you can have a conversation with somebody else in the way of who you are and just as you are. And that's great because we need to have all sorts of conversations, all different ways, in groups, on the phone, in whatever it might be, one-on-one, outside of this place, inside of this building, everywhere in the community, whatever it is. Conversations are important. So you can't use it as an excuse to say, well, I don't really know, I'm not one of my strengths. We can help you as a church body. We can work through those things and we will be over the next few months. So that's great. But don't wait. Don't wait. Look around now and see, well, what could I do? How could I help? What could I could step into? And come and have a conversation with someone if it's something, a big thing. And if it's just small, just do it. Just do it. So you are a valuable original, created by God on purpose for a purpose. Now, what are you actually going to do about this? I, I, I want to give you one idea, and that is that maybe you could write a letter to yourself or, if you prefer, write a letter to God. I'm going to put up an example. Sorry it's small, but I'll read it out. Maybe it could say something like this, but you've all got your own style, so don't feel you have to copy mine. I have been made just as I am for a reason. I accept my personality is unique and good. In fact, it is valuable to God. I think I might be able to serve in the following way. You could list it that excites my heart, that matches my personality, that uses my skills and gifts and that I can make myself available for. In all of it, I will keep on talking to God, listening to God, reading his word, connected to his body, ready for whatever adventure is next. I am a valuable original created by God on purpose for a purpose. Now, you might be sitting there going, Linda, I cannot write that. I cannot at the moment love myself enough to put that kind of thing down. It's just not possible. Well... I'm hoping that you're going to be brave this morning because it is possible. With God's help, surrounded by people who love you, it's possible because you are a valuable original. You have been made on purpose for a purpose. And that is really, it's true. So if you've been living your whole life trying to be someone you're not or if you're just trying in certain areas to do things that it's just not you, just because you think you should or it's the best thing to do, but maybe you just can't even stand the way you are on the inside. But God loves you just as you are. He's calling you out. He's saying, come. Come.
come into my arms because I love you. I love you. And are you willing to do that? He's waiting for you.